Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. And now, here's this week's guest. Today on the Live Healthy Podcast, we have Sonia Kiran Pujabi. She's the founder of Illuminations Wellbeing Center. Illuminations is the original well-being center in the UAE, first on the scene. Uh, she opened in JLT in 2011, and now there are multiple locations, including one in Abu Dhabi on Reem Island that opened last year. So welcome, Sonia. Thank you so much for having me on. One of my favorite people to talk to. I always feel like I have a little therapy. <laughs> whenever we talk. <laughs> um, so we've talked before about this, but just for everyone, like how did this all get started? Where, where were you raised? Where did you go to school? And how did you, how did you move forward with this idea? Gosh, uh, so, um, so way back in, um, in 2006, um, I had an epiphany. Um, actually, it started way back. Uh, prior to that, um, when I was around 19 years old, a friend of mine had passed away in a car accident. And, and at the time I was living in London, I was in school in London. And um, honestly, the impact of that experience really hit me hard. Um, it made me realize that life is so impermanent and temporary in nature. And, you know, we worry, we stress, we fear. And within seconds, you know, your life can just be taken away from you. And uh, the temporariness of life is what really, really hit me hard. And, you know, that's when I got triggered to, you know, learn more about who we are, why are we here, what is our purpose of life. And I went through like an existential crisis of sorts um, after I graduated from college. So I actually grew Can I stop you. What yeah. did that feel like when you go through an existential crisis? What did that feel like for you? It just makes you realize, like, why are we here? You know, like within seconds, like, you know, you walk into a space where a person used to live and breathe and be alive. And within seconds, they're no longer there and their clothes are there. Uh, their smell is there and everything about them is there, but they're not there. Like, where are they? You know, and at 19 years old, you're, you know, you've never really thought about these things um, like you before because you're only thinking about school or you're thinking about friends or you're thinking about going out or you're thinking about what you want to be when you grow up. And here's a guy who had so many hopes, dreams, and ambitions, and within seconds, and that could be um, um, like any of us, it could be somebody who's in a car accident. So life is so unpredictable. And, you know, we're holding on to this sense of security and control at every given point in our lives. And actually, it's completely redundant, because there's no such thing as security. You don't know that when you walk out of your house, that could be the last day of your life, you know? And that really hits me hard whenever I think about it, because I'm just like, you know, we should spend every moment, you know, living in our potential, living in our truth, living in our authenticity. But of course, as human beings, we get caught up in the waves and cycles and ebbs and flows of life, right, with the challenges and obstacles, and we think it's also real. And I think why I, you know, was drawn into this whole spiritual world, because at that time, my friend had given me a book called uh, Many Lies, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Wise. And it was my first introduction to understanding what is the soul uh, that, you know, human beings have been here 
um, like you before and when they die, what happens to people, uh, you know, it just introduced me to a world of near-death experiences and like the metaphysical world, a world that I had not really explored prior to when my friend had passed away. You know, it's not about what we see, what we touch, what we taste, what we hear, what we smell. There's an entire world that exists. And I was introduced to that world and I was completely fascinated by it. And, um, and in the book, you know, Dr. Brian Weiss talks about hypnotherapy and regression and working on your inner child. And I just wanted to explore all of that. And so after I graduated from college, I felt like a really strong calling. And I went to India and I researched about hypnotherapy and I met a teacher and a doctor over there who focuses on regression therapies and hypnosis. And I met with him and he completely transformed my perception of the mind and spirituality. And this is way back in 2006 before the law of attraction came out or mindfulness or healing or spirituality, which, you know, it's so common today for people to go see a therapist or for people to do, I mean, like to meditate, but back in 2005, you know, especially being like 21 years old, you know, people weren't really, um, I guess, um, um, like really aware about this way of life. And so when I met this teacher, you know, he, you know, like he explained to me about the power of the mind and how you create every experience in your life. And if there's anything that's happening to you, it's not happening to you. It's happening because of you. And once you take full responsibility for everything in your life, you have the power to change it. And I know that sounds so simple in today's day and age, but, you know, I really wanted to explore that concept because I was then reflecting and I was going back into all the experiences in my life and and I was like, okay, so why did I create that? And why am I manifesting this in my life? And, you know, I went from a complete person who was just living life or like letting life happen, you know, to a person who's actually taking charge of their life and becoming more reflective and becoming more aware of why do I have the fears? Why do I behave the way do I, you know, and anything that's no longer serving me in my life, I want to kind of reflect back and, you know, reevaluate it and see how I can live my life and break away from all those limiting perceptions so that I can get what I want in my life. And that's obviously how I began my journey. I experienced everything from inner child work to energy healing, to working with the angels, to every single aspect of healing and spirituality. And, it, you know, and this world completely fascinated me. So I was in India for about a year and I was, uh, you know, I was attending all these courses and I was going through my own personal journey. Um, and I, you know, and then I decided to come back here uh, to Dubai. And when I moved back here to Dubai back in 2005, I wanted to pursue and continue my spiritual um, sort of way of life. And I wanted to connect with like-minded people. But when I would research or when I was looking at platforms, I couldn't really find a space where people were coming together or learning more about this in a way that was, you know, uh, like widely um, like available. So what I decided to do, I was like, all right, you know, I'm so interested in this way of life. I would talk about it to friends and family. And, you know, I would explain to them what hypnosis is and how your thoughts can create your reality. And I explained it to them in a very conscious, logical way. You know, I was born and raised um, like a Hindu. Okay. And I grew up in Seoul, South Korea. And, you know, it, I mean, in our childhood, our parents would t teach us about mantras and meditation and chanting and things like that. But I never really truly understood what it was all about. But when I started to understand the, you know, the healing science behind sound and meditation and healing, it honestly brought me closer to my culture and my tradition and my religion as well, but not so much from a religious mate, but more from a spiritual standpoint. 
And um, and then I would explain this to, you know, people like, I mean, like around me, like friends and family. And I would, you know, explain to them about the power of the mind and, you know, how you can create your reality and, you know, what the chakras are and that, you know, talk about the concept of love and karma and regression and inner child work. And people were really fascinated because I explained it to them in a very conscious, logical way, you know, not so much that, oh, here's a God. And then, you know, we have to pray every day. It's, it's more about, you know, you have the power of that God within you, you know, you have the energy within you. And here is the science, um, like, um, like you're behind it here. You have your mind and your subconscious mind, which is so much more powerful. And people were blown away. And so what I decided to do, I decided to bring down my teachers from India here to the UAE in 2006 to start conducting seminars and awareness talks and private one-on-ones. And when they came down, it was like, you know, people loved it. You know, we had so many people at our seminars and people were just, you know, completely um, inspired by this whole new concept of healing, you know. And so what I decided to do was after about a year of organizing events in hotels and Spaces, I decided, okay, I'm going to, you know, take this up as a, you know, as my passion and make this a full-time profession. And I'm going to call it, you know, a phrase and I'm going to call it um, Illuminations. And so that's how Illuminations was born one day in the shower out of inspiration because I, <laughs> I needed a name. And, um, and yeah, the rest is history from there. So, mm-hmm. And you trained as a, as a clinical hypnotherapist. That's right. That, that's your training. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. So what I did in 2006, I would organize these smaller events, workshops and healing sessions. And then once I organized it for one practitioner, I would have practitioners from the UK, uh, from the UAE, from Australia contact me and be like, oh, I heard you organize like healing events. Will you organize my event for me? I said, well, I'll experience what you have to offer. And if it resonates with me, um, you know, I mean, I'd be happy to organize it for you. And that's how it kind of grew. And then my teachers actually convinced me. They're like, you know, we can't keep coming back to the UE every time. Why don't you train to become a practitioner? And that way, you know, you can then empower people even when we're not around. I'm like, all right. So I trained to become a practitioner. And then after about a year and a half um, of being a practitioner myself, and I would still organize all these events, my teachers were like, all right, now we want to start bringing down courses here to the UAE so that we can train qualified people to become practitioners and they in turn can then heal other people. And that's how I got into teaching. So I said, okay, I'm going to train to become a practitioner where I can then empower people. So that's how it kind of grew. And then, and that's how we kind of grew the training academy. That's how we kind of grew the private therapies. That's how we kind of grew the workshops, but it happened very organically. I didn't force it. I didn't have a plan. I didn't say I'm going to open a company and this is what it's going to be called. It just kind of was a nudge along the way. And at every given point or stage in my life, I did what I felt was right without actually planning things. And, you know, and that's been the major theme of my life that everything has happened completely unplanned, you know, just as it was supposed to. And I think when I try to control things, I always try and remind myself that everything in my life has always had a plan and a flow. And I just need to trust that. So it's a little confusing, right? Because when you said earlier, like you're, you're in, you know, that you are, you choose your experiences and you're in control of it, but you're not in control. Can you just, that's a little bit of a paradox for my brain a little bit when we talk about the wellness world. Can you just like dive into that a little bit? Sure. I mean, you know, when people talk about like manifestation and things like that, right? We, you know, you have the power of your thoughts, but you're only in control of your reaction or your response to your environment. You know, most people try to control the environment itself. 
So when I'm saying being in control, it's more about being in charge of your response patterns, right? So for example, if I walk into a room, right? And um, I see a person doing something to me that they're not supposed to be doing or that I'm not happy with. Now I have two ways of responding, right? I can react, you know, and I can react based on my fear, based on what they're triggering in me. And then obviously I set out a chain reaction to what the other person might respond with, right? Or I can take a step back and I can respond. Now it becomes a lot easier to respond when I have reflected on my um, um, like emotional baggage, which really has not much to do with the other person, but a lot to do with what I'm carrying from my past or from my childhood or from the way my parents made me feel. So I don't have control over the other person or the environment or the events and circumstances, but I have the complete power to take charge over my emotions, over my reactions, over my thought process. And that's where the work comes in, right? So once I do the work, I can then be in that state and in that place of receptivity where I allow things to happen. But at the same time, I'm in charge to ensure that regardless of what happens outside of me, I'm in control of what happens within me is more important. Because rarely, you know, we always think that the environment is going to make us happy, right? So if I get, I mean, like a better job, or if I, you know, find the right partner, and or if I find, and these things might make us happy, they're great milestones in our life. And of course, we all want to feel them. But if we're constantly harboring these negative emotions, and this emotional baggage that we haven't really resolved, then despite, you know, the more we achieve all of this, we're still going to end up feeling the same way that we felt. And that's the greatest, I mean, like illusion of life. We always think that it's going to be happier or it's going to be more promising in the future. And we're always waiting for this sort of promised land. But the idea of being present, so when people talk about mindfulness, when people talk about being conscious, it's about understanding that whilst tomorrow might be great, today is amazing as well. Today is providing you an experience and showing up in a way to teach you something that you need to learn. And I think it's a fine balance between conscious manifestation of choosing the thoughts that you want to experience right now, because you can choose to feel whatever state you want to feel, right? That's manifestation. Manifestation is not controlling the environment that this has to happen in order for me to feel this way. If you look at all your teachers, your authors, they all talk about feeling this way today and right now. And that's the key to, you know, breaking away from this illusion that tomorrow is going to be, you know, more promising for me once I achieve this goal, mm-hmm. you know? But I know someone's going to hear and say, but Sonia, I am so depressed right now and I am so anxious or I am so anxious right now. And the thoughts are just like, like going through my head and I can't, I can't choose, you know? So what, what, what happens at that point? Well, yeah, you know, we all go through emotions, right? And, you know, there are waves of emotions. On, you know, especially now with the pandemic and everything that's going on in life being so unpredictable, you know, we're obviously having these triggers where at points we're anxious and we're feeling completely low and depressed and things like that. And this is where the whole concept of, you know, you know, when they say, um, if you're living in the past, you're anxious. If you're living in the future, you're depressed. If you're living in the present, you're at peace, right? And at the end of the day, it's because there's a desire to control what went happen in the past or what's going to happen in tomorrow. And that's when a whole, you know, it all comes back to being in control. 
right? We're trying to be in control of something that we have no control over because we cannot control when this pandemic is going to end. We cannot control, you know, if, a, I mean, like if a loved one leaves our life, we have no control over that, but we have the power to control what happens within us. So one of the things that we obviously very focused a lot on is number one, to understand, don't try to be positive, right? You know, or don't try to be happy because that's not being authentic. It's about feeling your emotions. People try to run away from these emotions because I'm feeling anxious or because I'm feeling depressed. I'm not supposed to feel this way. So I'm going to do everything in my power to not feel this way. So I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to talk on the phone with friends. I'm going to watch Netflix shows. I'm going to do everything in my power because the mind does not want to be reminded of what it's not comfortable with. But what if I tell you, if you can just close your eyes and focus on your breath, right? And there's, it's going to be a storm initially. It's going to be a huge storm and there's going to be thoughts moving in and out. In fact, just this morning, I was trying to practice, you know, and I was trying to go deep in my meditation. And because I went through a couple of things over the last couple of days, you know, with my hormones going up and down, I wasn't able to get into that state of meditation. And every time I focus on my breath, I think about a conversation I had with my team yesterday. I think about what I need to do today. And I just realized I begin to become aware of how my mind is trying to distract me and take me away from everything that's about the present moment. But if I can ride that wave, and it's not an easy wave to ride, you know, it's not an easy wave to ride. But if you continue to just close your eyes and focus on your breathing, and no matter what comes in and out, focus on it, just be aware of it. Don't try and stop it and let it pass. You will find that within half an hour or 45 minutes, if you continue to maintain this discipline, you will be able to access a space of peace and calmness that always is present within you. And once you access this space and peace and calmness, you don't need to go to a therapist. You don't need to get advice from a friend. Your intuition will guide you to where it is that you need to go. But it's like anything else in life, right? Like if you want to go work out at the gym or if you want to lose weight, you've got to have that discipline. And sometimes you've got to put in that work. And like anything else in life, life will take you away. You know, you, you know, you'll find a thousand excuses of not doing it. And initially, it's great if you can find a guide or a therapist or a teacher to help you into that space. But just remember, we always have that space available to us at every given point in time, no matter how chaotic the environment is. And this is part of the human resilience. This is part of mastering the power of the mind. And a lot of people in life who've achieved greatness, you know, have access to this awareness and have utilized it, knowing well that life can be chaotic externally, but it's about remaining centered in your calmness. And that is really the true key to mastering your own potential. Yeah, I think a lot of people think and they get turned off by this whole wellness sector because they think it's about not you know you never have bad feelings and they do have bad feelings and they don't know what to do with them but we all have them right like we all That's have great. yeah and if you fight it it's 10 times worse and then you have like you're overweight or you you're in debt because you're shopping or whatever that is one thing I've learned in my life exactly it, you know yeah. like people feel that you know like for example I mean um like when you get angry right so people think like what is anger so like anger is a sign of feeling helpless. So it's about really trying to acknowledge where in your life you felt helpless before. So once you start to reflect and look within yourself, it's not about stop. It's, it's not about trying to stop the emotions. It's, it's just about feeling them completely. 
but not reacting out of them. So keep them within your own space, right? So for example, if I'm angry, you know, I allow myself to feel that anger and I give myself the time and space to be able to express it in the way that is healthy. But the moment I leak that out, like to my child, you know, or I hit my child or I scream at my child, now I'm taking that anger in my external space. So you need to create a boundary within your space and you, and you need to allow yourself to feel it. The issue is, is that we take this anger outside because we're not able to resolve it internally within ourselves. And that is why people, you know, places, I mean, like illuminations comes into play because, you know, when people can't really contain their emotions within themselves and express it in a healthy manner, then it becomes toxic because they take it outside into their environment. And then you see a chain reaction because now it's impacting their child. It's impacting their relationship. It's impacting their productivity and performance in the workplace. So what we help people to do is simply kind of, you know, regain control and take charge of what's going on within their own inner space by understanding what is that trigger and where is that trigger coming from? Because if we don't resolve the issues from our past, it's going to keep piling up. And we all know this when we talk about uh, like inner child work, you know, you know, and when you talk about holistic psychology and when you talk about childhood trauma bonds, when you talk about parenting issues or reparenting, all of this comes from this space, you know? And so I guess it's, it's just a matter of recognizing and becoming aware of what it is that you have control over and what you need to work on. So, you know, no like, like five years ago, yeah, exactly. Like five years ago, you know, going seeing a therapist was considered to be like, oh, you know, something's not wrong with me. But today it's very, you know, it's very much the norm. And that's so wonderful to see. Like we've seen such a huge transformation, like within the industry here in the UAE from 2006 till now. We've witnessed, I mean, so much transformation. It's crazy, you know? It's become really? the hub of wellness in the Middle East. Yeah, you know, because people are so much more aware. Like our clients walk in, they know more about wellness than we do at times, you know? And they, more, they know more about all these different modalities. And people are so ready and open and willing to try new things and, you know, just be the best version of themselves. And that's so exciting to see, you know? <laughs> it is amazing in my lifetime too, because when I first started having therapy, it was like, you wouldn't tell anyone like 20 years ago, you wouldn't tell anyone because they'd think there's something really wrong with her. And it's gone from like, you're getting therapy because you think there's something wrong with you to like, you're getting therapy because you understand that no one grows up without some of these issues. And then you work through them and then you can be happier and free. But I have noticed that I have noticed in my own social circle that people who don't have are having a lot harder time and it's, it doesn't, it comes out in like sort of strange behaviors and people leaving partners and acting, doing strange things. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like when people don't, they sort, I feel like I was explaining it to my friend the other day. It's like some people just have a lid on their pot and they're like not letting any steam out and it's hard to watch. You know, I feel like people enjoy being in the experiences that they are because you know a lot of people thrive on feeling a certain emotion or a certain way because it's their known behavior right it's it's known for me to feel anxious it's known for me to feel like i'm not enough it's known so people you know will create circumstances and want to remain in that space till they reach a point where they're like all right i'm done right and that has a lot to do with you call it divine timing or you know just where they are on their journey in life so you can never force you know um wisdom on people like you can never force like awareness you can just you know provide a platform which is what we do 
And we're like, you know, here's what we offer here. You know, you can work on your life. You can change things. And people, you know, sometimes come into illuminations for things like, oh, I had a chronic ache or pain. And from a chronic ache or pain, they realize that, oh my God, actually the chronic ache or pain is coming from so much expression of emotions, which are coming from my past. And then it's like a whole new Pandora's box opens up. And then, you know, what they came in for or what they intended to heal has taken them onto a completely different journey. And now they're just, you know, working on so many different things. So, you know, like, I mean, you see that as well, you know, so you see all the kind of people who come in for all sorts of issues, but I believe it's, you know, it's just a matter of your own awareness and your own timing, you know? So your pinched nerve in your neck or your sore lower back, may not may not be actually what it seems and if your issues in your tissues of course it obviously depends on your lifestyle <laughs> factors it obviously depends on your genetic factors right um it obviously depends on you know so many aspects which of course you know now if you look at science of like epigenetics and things like that to say that you can actually change you know what's in your genetic code and your makeup and your dna so there's so much that's advancing in science right so the concept of for example hypnosis even 10 years ago was considered so woohoo right or like reiki or like energy healing but just the other day i read a forbes article on you know how um like energy healing and shamanism is becoming so mainstream right now and like how crystals are becoming like the next largest um like industry and then you know taking over the diamond industry because people are realizing or becoming more aware now whether this is you know going to be a long lasting effect or not. It's just the idea that people are beginning to open up their minds to things that they previously weren't before, right? So if you look at a concept like gravity, like a thousand years ago, right? A concept of, of gravity was considered to be a, you know, like, I mean, like, you know, I mean, like when you told people that, you know, there's a force that holds the world together. I mean, they'd look at you like as if you're crazy, but until so Isaac Newton came down and, you know, when the apple fell on his head and kind of quantified and calculated the concept of gravity, it now became something that was acknowledged by science. So again, just like this, as we pass through the passage of time and as we evolved, a lot of things that were previously considered to be woohoo are now being widely accepted by mass populations of people because, you know, they're realizing that, you know, there is so much more that we haven't really tapped into and discovered. And that's a journey that we're going through on a daily basis. Yeah, that study of energy will be really interesting to watch, right? Like when people start paying into it, it'll be fun, you know? I mean, like, I mean, like, yeah, of course. I mean, so now you talk about the placebo and, you know, science obviously proves that, you know, you can, you know, I mean, the placebo effect and the mind has a power, you know, to impact how, um, um, like, the body works and things like that. So, so, yeah, I mean, it's just an ever-evolving science that we're, well, the placebo effect in my lifetime too was like a negative thing. It was a negative thing. Pharmaceutical industry obviously doesn't really want it to be a positive thing, but now it's become almost this sort of magical thing. Cause you have studies showing that people were able to just, if they just believe, if you tell them something, they'll just believe it, then it works. So that's like that, look how that's changed in, you know, the last 20 years. Exactly. 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 I know I had a great session with you a couple of years ago. Like, I think sometimes too, life just forces you to address your issues, which is what happened to me. And I, I, I had always heard of you and I came to you and we had a wonderful session where we had um, tapping. So I want you to explain that a little bit, but, um, and then hypnosis, but I know after we talked and I got a real, I was really impressed by something that people probably don't think about with you is how much work you do to be in the state that you're in. Like you daily, your daily practice 
it's it's all the spaces in between when you might get upset that impact the time that you get upset that was the real thing i took away from you i felt wonderful after but i thought i knew more than ever that it was like my job on a daily basis to do yeah. this can you just sort of talk about that like the work like when you talk about the work yeah so basically i mean i've been through times in my life where you know i got so caught up in the busyness of life as we all do right we, you know with work and you know, like running a company and managing people and just like everyone else, you have your to-do list. And sometimes that becomes priority and you forget about yourself or you kind of be like, all right, you know, because I mean, the time to meditate, you know, when you have so much going on and to remain calm, you're just like, okay, I'll do that later. And then later comes in and then you're, it's like nine o'clock in the evening and you know, you'd really just rather watch a Netflix show than just like meditate right now. So I'm one of those people and I've been through that. But I've been through times in my life where I stopped meditating for about one or two months and, and then I started again and I saw the difference in my perception, my relationships, my state of mind, my contentment levels, my need for things. Everything was so dramatically and drastically different from when I wasn't meditating, you know? I was a lot more anxious. I was a lot more concerned about things that I wouldn't normally concern about. And that's when I started to notice for myself in life that there is a power to focusing on a daily spiritual ritual where you connect to that space within yourself, you know, because you are constantly living in a world where there's so much information around you, right? And you're taking in all this information without actually releasing it. And what happens is because not all of this information is going to be um, happy or positive or, you know, you know, it's just going to trigger you in so many different ways. And it's really about focusing within yourself and coming up with a daily spiritual ritual where you can connect to the power of peace and calmness, like I explained earlier within yourself, right? The mind has so many, you have about 60,000 thoughts a day, right? And about, you know, I mean, like a majority of them are repetitive, okay? And more than half of them are negative in context because of the environment that you're surrounding yourself in. So if you're not spending that time really reflecting on the patterns of your thought processes, your energy and your emotions, people don't realize that these are the patterns that are driving their life unconsciously and creating the reality that they're experiencing, right? So when people talk about manifestation, Manifestation isn't a one-time thing where I put an intention out or I go to a meditation class and I go to a healing session and I have this epiphany and boom, my life is going to change. It might change in the interim. You might have an aha moment, but in order to remain consistent, you have the power of the gods that you pray to, you know, and you're not accessing that power. And what I find is when I started to access this power of, you know, deep intuition within my meditation practice through my breathing. Through, through relaxation, through remaining in the power of the present moment. I mean, like initially my mind was turbulent, you know, on day one. On day two, it was like less turbulent. On day three, it was even less turbulent. And by day five, I could find myself getting into a space of peace and calmness. And, you know, a lot of realizations would come to me about what I need to do for tomorrow or, you know, how to manage things in my life. And it's like, you know, you get that flow of inspiration without even trying for it. And these things would happen when I would meditate. I would feel a lot more happier. I would feel like, you know, I'm completely content and grateful in my own space. 
and nobody can provide that to you. Even people who are married with two kids, I speak to all my friends, you could be in a marriage, you could have children and still feel that loneliness and still feel lack of gratitude, having everything in your life. And you could have nothing and still feel amazing. So what it is at the end of the day is simply the state of your mind, the state of your emotions and the state of your energy. And when we read about the yogis or when we read about these amazing books, why do we have to read about, you know, one person doing it? Why can't we be that person? You know, why can't we be that person? And that's why a daily spiritual ritual, whether it could be journaling for you. So a lot of people find meditation hard. But what I also find really useful is that when I'm having a repetitive thought, so I get triggered by a pattern of what, you know, you know, my, you know, of, you know, of, of what A or B said to me, I'll just take a journal out and I'll write it down. I'll write down my feelings, right? Or I'll, you know, close my eyes and I'll breathe for like 20 minutes. And no matter what happens, I've decided that I will be committed to this breathing. Or I'll go take a walk every day and listen to, a, to like a sound healing mantra or whatever it is that allows me to reflect within myself. Because we're always looking from outside for our life to be better. But everything is inside. And, you know, we read this in books and we hear it every day and we listen to it on podcasts. But it's only when you experience it for yourself and you do it on a daily basis and you become disciplined with that practice, you realize, for example, who you really are. When you're quiet in your meditation practice and the emotions that come up, those are the emotions that you need to address, right? So, you know, you don't need to go to a therapist to tell you that. But if you're quiet in your space, whatever is taking you away from the present moment and stripping you away from your peace of mind is what it is that you need to work on. And if you write that down and reflect on it, then you can use um, like emotional tapping like we did. Then you can use meditation. Then you can, you know, maybe see a practitioner if it's useful. You'll know yourself more, you know, and nobody knows yourself more intimately than you. I can't give you advice. I can only be like, all right, this is what you're feeling. This is what I can help you release. But at the end of the day, the journey is completely yours. And it's like whoever tries to, or whoever you try to follow on that journey, right? Whether it be a guru or a teacher, the only person who will be enlightened is the guru himself, right? The only route to your own enlightenment is you. Right. And people just are becoming more of, and more, I mean, like aware of that on a daily basis basis because you see people who follow gurus and people who follow yogis and you see so many scandals around them and then people get so like you know I mean like amazed because you know because because now you've seen the human aspect to everybody and then you realize that you know I I thought I had this savior either it's going to be a job that's going to save me either it's going to be a relationship that's going to save me either it's going to be a guru that's going to save me or a teacher that's going to save me but the only person who needs the saving is yourself for you you know and and no one's, no one's coming. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm sorry. I, yeah, no one's coming. No one's coming to save you. And that's not a depressing thing because you don't need anyone. But that's one of the things that I've always marveled, particularly as I've covered lifestyle and wellness is, you know, I get an insight into some of these people who are not like they don't have any answers and then people are putting stock in them. But I guess the way not to do that is to realize no one has it for you and they're human. Um, and I'm interested your own power you know you don't need to seek from external and of course you might get your inspiration from teachers and authors and gurus and and by all means i have got so much from them i'm so grateful till now you know but the only route to your own enlightenment is is you yeah always recognizing they're not they're human and they don't have the answers for you um and i'm interested in um 
the, the, it's, I think that meditation puts people off like this idea that you can, you know, particularly I interviewed this Paralympic athlete the other day and he was just like, you could just tell he was like, I see you're into yoga and meditation. And he was just rolling his eyes. And, uh, I, I mean, so much more emphasis is being put on breathing. You can get, you can get, do this work, which is basically realizing what you're um, emotions are and then processing them. You can do that through breathing, can't you? You can, you don't have to meditate. No. See, I think breath is a bridge between the external world to the internal world, right? Your external world. So if you want to bridge the gap, because you're living externally, right? You're living through your smell, your sight, your sound, you're, you're living in the external world, right? If you want to reflect within and you want to go within, there's a bridge and that bridge is breath work. So your breath is your bridge from the external world into the internal, right? And that's the journey that you take through the breath, which is why in every yoga or meditation practice, we focus on all types of breathing. Now, there are so many types of breathing and each breathing has its own unique principles that can work for you at certain times. So for example, when you focus on like the alternate nostril breathing, that can help you to regulate your emotions. When you focus on breathing in through your nose, or you breathe in through your abdomen. Each breathing has its own unique principles and can have its own, um, like, I mean, like, um, um, like effect on your mind. It's just a matter of you trying and testing out which breathing helps you to calm your mind the most, right? The idea is you're, you're here in a storm, right? In your external world. And the storm in the external world is very turbulent. It's chaotic, right? And now you want to, you know, you know, escape from the storm. How do you escape from the storm? How do you, how do you go and find your cover? You basically start breathing. And when you start breathing, all of a sudden, the storm starts to calm down. And then you just start to have a still rain. And then from the rain, it starts to calm down. And then slowly, as you keep continuing this breathing practice, and you speak to anyone who basically, you know, focuses on all of, like, I mean, like, on a lot of breathwork practitioner programs and things like that. As you start to continue to focus on your breath, your breath will then start to calm the mind down or calm down the storm. And once you calm down the storm, all of a sudden you are present in the moment without your thoughts being turbulent and you can hear the inner voice inside of you. You can hear the voices inside of you and you can begin to differentiate which voice is the voice of the ego who's being triggered by an experience from your past, which is the inner child that's screaming away for attention. Or, and within all those voices, there's a voice that's still, that's just being the observer of everything. And as you begin to be the observer of your life, you realize you're not really that Anne who's angry. You're not really that Anne who's happy either. You're just Anne. And Anne is Anne. And Anne has nothing to do with the happy Anne or the angry Anne or the, you know, these are all different states. But I'm complete and, you know, within myself. And when you're in that state, you go beyond your ego mind. And your ego mind is what you've created in your childhood based on who you are, based on your beliefs and based on your perceptions. And that will always be limiting. But when you start to focus less on the ego, you access um, more of a soul-like energy within your space. And the soul is expansive. It's limitless. And that is the energy that you want to drive your life. You don't want the energy of the ego to drive your life because the energy of the ego is just in drama, in stories, in patterns from the past and the future. But, mm -hmm. the, but the energy of the soul, you know, is coming from a space of vastness, from expansiveness. And it knows exactly where you need to go. So when people talk about that gut feeling or that intuition, 
that is the soul speaking to you. And you can have access to that emotion or that feeling or that intuition when you're present, you know, when you're not being driven by the ego mind. Yeah. And that's pretty much how I would kind of create the difference. You also told me to read Michael Singer's book, I think, oh. uh, when I was there. And he Michael writes Singer. about this in a way that just smacks you in the face. You totally get it, the way he talks about it. I yeah. absolutely love Michael Singer's books. You know, he talks about it. Um, like in the untethered soul, you know, he talks about the voice inside your head that you are not the voice, you are the one who hears it. And I know for people who read the book and actually get the practice and start, you know, he really changed my perception, you know, of meditation. And, and more recently, I read another book called um, um, like Into the Magic Shop by Mike, is it Mike? Study. And it's just a profound book as well. And, 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 and that for me has been like another life-changing book that I've read like literally last month. And I really recommend your readers to read it. Um, and it's another book on really about realizing the power and potential of the mind, but also about the heart. You know, so many people talk about the mind and meditation and presence and things like that. And a lot less is spoken about the heart when the heart is so much more powerful than actually the mind, right? You know, and so when people are start to meditate, you know, you start to also not just tune into what it is that I want to manifest or what it is that I have an intention for, but also, you know, if I open my heart and, you know, I start to see things, I start to be a lot more compassionate towards myself and my own journey. You know, people are so hard on their journey. I know I am sometimes really hard on my journey. Like if I can't meditate one day in the way that I want to, I'm just like, why didn't I have this experience today? You know, so you become more compassionate about you know your experiences you become more I mean um like empathetic you know like with other people as well and that's really what healing is about that's what we're all here for you know to just walk each other home on this journey and and, and I think sometimes it's also a lot about the heart and not just about you know the head space as well okay what's a simple what's a simple breathing exercise that you you can recommend a simple breathing exercise is breathing through the stomach right so for example if you hold your hand on your stomach, okay, or put your hand on your stomach, okay, and you take a deep breath in, as you inhale, your stomach should exhale, basically, um, like, just move outwards. And if you inhale, your tummy goes in. So you are basically breathing in from your stomach. It's like how children breathe or babies breathe, right? So they breathe through this stomach. So when they inhale, the tummy goes out and when they exhale the tummy goes in and if you close your eyes and constantly focus on this wave of breathing within a few minutes like at least five minutes it will take you into that space of stillness and peace no matter where you are no matter how chaotic your environment is no matter how <laughs> turbulent you know life can be oh thank you sonia thank goodness for you you've helped so many people your center Thank you so much. I mean, it's always a pleasure to speak about something that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And it's always great to be able to contribute on, uh, and obviously speak with you, of course, because I think every time we speak, even though it's not as often, we always end up, you know, um, having these long chats about life. So it's always nice. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anne. Take care. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.